Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perik Nun Beis, Pasuk Aleph, Ben Esrim Biachas Shana Tzikiyo B'Mocha. And, Baruch Hashem, we have reached the last Perik of Yirmiyahu, Nun Beis, and precisely because it is such a tragic yet magnificent source of historical accuracy as to the destruction of the Bice Rishon, of the exile of Bavel. It gives it in such historical detail. I think it behooves us to take our time through it, not to race through it. Mir Tashem, we will do see him tomorrow. But for now, let's review this. And I say review, because some of you remember that a lot of this parrot was in Chafhei of Malachim Beis. It also appears with variations in Divrei Hayomim. So without further ado, let's begin it. Pasuk Aleph in Perek Nun Beis. Um, ben Esrim Yachashonot Sikio B'Malcho. Sikio was 21 when he took over the reigns of Malchus. He will reign for 11 years in Yerushalayim until the Churban. And his mother's name, name is Hamutal Bashir Why give his mother's names? Say the Mephoshim, he really came to the throne before. He was younger. He was a young lad, and his mother served as his co-regent. She really ruled, and not he. So that's why we bring out uh, Hamutal. Continues. He did evil, Sikio, in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, just as Yoyakim, his predecessor, who was his brother, had done. He continued it. But then we learn in the Gemara, in Sanhedrin, Kuf Gimel, Amud Aleph, that we are told that the Kaddish Baruch Hu sought to destroy the world, to bring it back to Tovavohu in Yehoyakim's generation, but changed his mind on account of the generation of Tzitkiyo. That's our Tzitkiyo we're talking about because he saw his righteousness he looked at Sitkia and his anger abated. So which is it? Was he an evil man exceeding the evils of his brother? Or was he the man that caused the earth to be spared just on the basis of its Sitkus? And the Gemara goes on to tell us that his failures were failures not of commission, of his religiosity. On the contrary, he was a tzaddik, they claim. But what was his weakness? His weakness was 
an inability to lead his people, rather just to follow it. He was just a, a fawning, obsequious, toadying follower of his nation. And so one of the things he did uh, was, as the Gemara says, Shehoya biyodo limchos below micha. He had it in his power to protest the wicked deeds his nation was doing. He was at Sadeh. His nations were Rushayim, yet he did not have the strength of character to protest. And so as far as his own deeds were concerned, yes, he was in fact righteous. Um, in Divrei Hayamim, it tells us that his failures of omission were two, really. One, that he failed to listen to Yirmiyahu, as we have learned, Yirmiyahu's total foreign policy at that time consisted of submission to Bavel. Do not fight them, do not rebel, do not resist. You go along, you're going into Bavel, you're going for 70 years, you will come out stronger than ever. Don't make any disturbance. Don't rock the boat, as it were. And he did. He rebelled them because he followed his people. Two, he had promised Nebuchadnezzar loyalty. Nebuchadnezzar put him in there as his puppet on the condition that he would display total fealty to Nebuchadnezzar. And he rebels against Nebuchadnezzar. He even goes so far as trying to make an alliance with Mitzrayim, an arch enemy of Bavel to get them to give him horses and chariots and warriors, a mutual defense pact. And when Nebuchadnezzar finds out about this, he goes ballistic. So those were his failings. His failings weren't in the usual failings of a king. His failings were in the weakness of character to lead. So that explains the very complex descriptions of Tzidkiyahu. Um, the anger of the Kaddish Baruch Hu was already on Yerushalayim. Because of the rebellion of Tzidkiah against Bavel, it was decided Churban was inevitable. The Yehuda until he cast them off uh, before him. And rebelled, as we've said, against Nebuchadnezzar. Now comes the retribution. In the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, but Asr Lachodesh, the tenth day, that is what we know as Asara Bateves. Bon Nebuchadnezzar Melech Bavelhu, the Cholchelova Yerushalayim, the Yachanu Oleho. He encircles Yerushalayim. The Yivnu Oleho, Doyek Saviv, he builds sentry towers. He encircles Yerushalayim on the tenth of Teves. At this point, 
It's simple. No one even realizes it's happening as such. It's unrecognizable. This siege will go on for two and a half years, for 30 months. And the reason the Mepharshim given, why so long? We're still giving them a chance. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is giving B'nai Shachim to do tshuva, avert the decree. You've got, you've given 30 months. But as we've said, Vatovo Ho'ir, uh, he surrounds them until the 20th year. This siege goes on, as we've seen, for years. And the question is, um, this 10th of Teves, why is it so celebrated if it was just the beginning of the siege? The answer is that the... Um, the Chachamim, uh, the Mepharshim, say that this was such a strong beginning, and it says, Adifa Puranasa Tchilasa, that the beginnings, the imperceptible beginnings of the punishments are stronger. So strong is our tradition of Asara Bateves that the Abarbanel says that if it ever came out, and it can't, if it ever came out on a Shabbos, Shabbos would not doche, would not postpone Asara Beteves. Just and only like on Yom Kippur, you would fast on Shabbos on Asara Beteves. That's how strict it was in our history. Imperceptible at first, you don't realize the consequences, but the most, one of the most tragic days on the Jewish calendar. So now, the city is brought into a siege until the um, tenth year of Zikiyo. Now in the fourth month, the ninth of the Chodesh, that is Tammuz. The ninth of Tammuz, notice we're not saying the seventeenth. Now comes where the famine is so great. There is no bread. And at this point, on the 9th of Tammuz, Nebuchadnezzar breaches the wall. The soldiers flee. They flee at night under cover of darkness. Through the walls of the palace. Encircled by Kazdim Chaldeans. And they go literally into the Judean desert. Which is very interesting. By your defu chel kasdim, the Chaldeans pursue them. Acharei hamelech with sikio. By yasigu es sikio ba arvot yericho. They catch him at the plains of Yericho. The chochelo nafzumeila. They destroy all his close uh, followers, his retinue. What is he doing here? Why is he at the gates of Yericho? The Medrash tells us. He had constructed a tunnel, a 
seems like a very extensive tunnel from under the walls of his palace to literally the gates of Eurico. Had to be very long, and they were racing through it. And so what the Kaddish Baruch Hu did, this Agatha tells us, was bring a deer, an animal, a deer, that followed along that was racing on top of the tunnel. It was parallel above to the tunnel below, and the Chaldeans saw this deer and they pursued it, and this is what the Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted. And at the same time, as it reaches the end, to Yericho, so does Sikyo emerge from the tunnel. Kaddish Baruch Hu set it up exactly like this, and he is captured. Vayit pesu es ha-melech, they capture him. Vayalu oso el-melech bavel rivlosa be-eretz ha-mas. They take him to a town called Rivlosa. Vayidaber, he told Mishpatim, and he is spoken in very harsh judgmental terms by Tzikiyo. What is going on here? Rivlosa, we know, is Antioch. That's an ancient town, literally a thousand miles away from Yerushalayim. Nebuchadnezzar is reputedly at this siege that he's been masterminding. What is he doing in Rivlosa? The Gemara tells us very interestingly that among other things, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't so sure he wanted to do this siege and destruction of Yerushalayim. He was mindful of what happened to um, Asher, the Sancheirev, 185,000 of his troops killed as they had encircled Yerushalayim in their sleep without a shot being fired. He wasn't so sure he wanted to take this on. Others say that maybe the siege was going on so long he decided to place his attention to other problems of the empire. Others say that his general, Nebuchadnezzar, very loyal, had Nebuchadnezzar's picture on the chariots so that his portrait, so that it was as if he was there. In any case, they're reporting he was in Rivlosa. They bring Tzikiyo, and he is brought to Mishwat. They're told he's brought to Mishwat for two things. One, his rebellion. He rebelled against him, notwithstanding his promise to total loyalty. And he's upset at the Sanhedrin. He summons the Sanhedrin, says the Nedrash. He is going to punish them because they released him from his neder. A more colorful Agatha says that at one point, just to demonstrate the barbarity of the character of Nebuchadnezzar, Tzitkio walks in on him and Nebuchadnezzar is tearing apart a rabbit and live and eating it with his broad hands. He swears Tzitkio to secrecy. Tzitkio gets himself released from the neder and tells people what he saw Nebuchadnezzar do. And these were the things he was bringing him to Mishpat. Vayishchat melech bavel es He now barbarically kills the sons of Tzitkio le'ino in front of him. He is forced to watch this. He kills hundreds of the generals of Yehuda in Rivlosa. 
Now, after killing his sons in his presence, he now blinds Sidkiyahu, clasps him in chains, he brings him to Babel, he keeps him there till the day of his death. But now wait, we were told in Yirmiyahu, going back to Perik Lamed Dalad, uh, Pasuk Bays of Lamed Dalad, let me read it to you. Yirmiyahu tells Sikiyahu, Komar Shem. This is what you tell Sikiyahu. Omarte love, Komar Shem, Hidinino Senus at your Azos Biyad Melech Bavel. I am giving you Shalayim into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, Usra Father Eish, Vatolo Timolate Miyodo, you will not escape his hands. Kitofos, Titofes, he will catch you. Uviyodo Tinosen, you will be given over in his hands. And he tells him the rest of the punishment exactly as it's going to happen. But as the Kaddish Baruch Hu to Yirmiyot. Lo tamus becherev, you will not die by the sword. Bishalom tamus, you will die in peace. Umisrefos avosecha hamlochim, and you will be burnt, which is the great honor accorded to the kings. Asher hayulifanecha, you will be accorded every kingly honor. The hayadonis v'dulach, you will get all the hespedim due to a king. So now, what's going on here? Does he die an ignominious death in jail, or is he given a hero's burial, full honors, etc., in Bavel? And the answer is, as Rashi explains, that what he happened to him, that he died a day after Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar dies, he is released, he lives a day longer, and is given all the accord and honor of befitting a king of Judea. So it's really both. Let's just continue for a second. Ubachodesh hachamishi. Um, this is on the 10th of Av, Ban Nebuzardan, Nebuzardan comes Rav HaTabachim, literally not only the general, the head slaughterer, which he will do, Amad Lefnei Melech, Bavel B'Yerushalayim, Vayisrof Espes Hashem, he burns the house of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, Vayispes Melech, Vayiskol Batei Yerushalayim, all the houses of Yerushalayim, which means with the base Medrash, Vayiskol Beis Gagodo, Sorav, Vayish, Vayiskol Chomas Yerushalayim, Sovim, Natatsu Kolchel, Chazdim, Asher Esrav, Tabachim, destroys everything. And so let's stop there, unfortunately, at that tragic moment. We will continue tomorrow. And one thing we still have to explore is why do they tell us it's the ninth of Tammuz, when we celebrate Shivas over Tammuz, and why the ninth of Av is chosen and not a different date. So Atkan 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, we will hopefully end the chapter and Messiah Sefer Yahoo 8.45 at
Kant. 